Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. As Glorious Sons, Kingdom in My Heart, 94.9 The Rock. Of course, we will have your uh, Glorious Sons song of the day just after 8 o'clock this morning, and then it'll get played later today. And when you hear it, you'll be the ninth text through at 855-432-ROCK. You text Sons, and you will be off to see the Glorious Sons and uh, J.J. Wild at the Peterborough Memorial Center, uh, February 17th. You know, it's uh, February seems like forever and far away, but it'll be here eventually. And, and life will get back to some kind of normal. Are you one of those people who uh, is struggling, though, a little bit with the idea of getting back to normal, the idea of going to a show, being in, in a big crowded area. I don't know that I'm struggling with that so much, but I, I boy, this pandemic has been a great excuse not to spend money. Right. And, and <laughs> when this ends, I've lost that excuse. <laughs> the idea of like hosting events and paying for things again. You right. Know? Uh, I found, you know, as much as I love a lot of the online stuff, uh, that we've kind of turned to with the pandemic and how shopping's kind of changed that way. It, it is like playing a video game in some senses mm. because you don't feel the money, you don't see it go in, but you certainly see it go out. Sure. <laughs> and you think, oh, yeah, this is on sale because when, once you start buying things online, then you get onto their mailing lists mm. and they start sending you all these deals. And, it, and it's like, oh, man, all right, well, that looks like a deal. I'll, 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 I'll buy that. And, uh, and next thing you know, you got all this crap lying around or being dropped off on your doorstep. And you've spent a, total, a ton of money and not realize where it's gone. What about just crowds in general, though? Like, for example, say, say the Jays make it into the playoffs. And so in, you know, September. Yeah. They're, maybe they're back. I, I don't think they will be. But if they are back at uh, the uh, Rogers Center and somebody, guess- somebody got a pair of tickets, would, would you go? Uh, I, I guess, well, that's what, September or October. Right? Yeah. I think it'll have a completely different feeling. Mm. I think, no matter what, I think the first time you enter that environment, mm. it's going to feel a little different. I think everybody's going to be cautious. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, when you're, you know, when you're, when you're walking into the building, you've got to, if you've got to touch the door handle mm. on the way in. Mm. I mean, I know that's not, you know, the way things are really spread. But, right. but that being said, it's in our you're, you're going to realize now how many surfaces yeah. you touched that were, you know, you're grabbing the railing to walk down mm. to your seat, mm-hmm. and, you know, and you think, boy, there's, you know, 50,000 people. Well, there won't be. Unless it's a playoff game, of mm. course. Uh, but, uh, you know, 50,000 people going through here. Mm-hmm. And uh, they all touch the same part. And, yeah. you know, if, if one of those, if you were one who didn't touch, uh, like, the, the toilet flusher or, you know, urinal things before, you're certainly not going to be putting your hands on them now. Or at least maybe you'll have that in the back of your mind. Right? I like, you know, I like the idea of, to be honest, not that I like that we're stuck like this. Or maybe I've just gotten used to it. But I kind of like how we're operating outside right now. The distanced among <laughs> us and all of that. <laughs> there are some good benefits to it. There's some kindness to it. Like yes. I see people backing up and giving each other space. And that's that's all good. Right. And I think I'm going to miss that because I think we're going to go back to being idiots again. And I, I think if anything, it highlights even more when people don't do it. Mm. Right. Like, like, if you were standing in line a year ago, or two years ago, I guess now, right, and you had someone right behind you mm. where you could, like, feel and hear their breath mm-hmm. on your neck, mm-hmm. that was annoying. Now, it would lead to a fist fight, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, you really would step back and say, dude, 
back up, mm-hmm. right? Whereas before, you would just kind of take that, you'd be grinding yourself or your teeth. You know, the amount of times you stood in line, you had people breathing right down your neck or talking right behind you. Early on, I uh, was at the uh, LCBO. I know, shocking. Early on in this, <laughs> and we were lined up out front. And I heard a guy say to another guy, and I thought it was the best way to approach it. So one guy, and he was older, uh, he was too close to a younger guy in the lineup. He was within a couple of feet, just kind of as you were describing. Right. You, know, you, you could hear him, feel him breathing on the back of your neck. So the young guy turned around and he said, hey, dude, you want to back up a bit? I'm only saying this more for you than me. Right. And I thought, oh, that's a good way, yeah. you know, of, of handling it. In that I'm more concerned for you than I am yeah. for myself. Instead of turning around and clock, <laughs> which never, never leads to any good. If you had a choice between living in a big city or living in a small town, what do you think you'd prefer? Uh, I don't really think I'm a small town guy. Uh, so I guess if that was the choice, the option, it would be more big city for me. Mm-hmm. Always, I've always kind of been on the outskirts. And suburban. Cities. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've always thought that I wanted to, when I retired, live in the city. Okay. Uh, I, I think I've shared this story before, but Maria and I, years ago, were downtown for some event. And after we were at a bar uh, having a drink, it was about midnight or so, we were with a bunch of other people. And there was a, a couple who, at the time, I thought they were old. They were probably, uh, they were like in their 40s. But, yeah. I, you know, <laughs> I was probably in my early 20s or something. I don't know how old they were, but they seemed older. And they were sitting in there having like coffee and cake or pie or some dessert or something. And I remember saying to Maria at the time, uh, one day, I want to, if we're lucky enough to get there, I want to be like them. Right. I want to be in the city where there's things to do. So many people do this. My parents did it. They retire. They sell the house. They go move out in the middle of nowhere. Uh-huh. Now, unless you're a real outdoors type person, I can tell you from what my parents did, it it becomes long, cold winters. Right. You know. <laughs> Uh, it, it, the uh, the luxury of having a little land, the uh, the thrill of that wears off pretty yeah. quickly. <laughs> On the seventh or eighth pass of that yeah. mile-long driveway. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm glad, Dad, you're only paying $12 in taxes a year, but <laughs> this is a bit much. Uh, so I've always considered the idea that I'd like to live in the city. Okay. And I always thought raising kids that maybe the city was too much for them, but mm-hmm. I did learn also in the early 90s when I had my first downtown job how much there is to do for kids and things to see and places to go and when you just go off the main drag of young street or whatever there's some beautiful residential areas and it's quiet and it's nice so you can have it all yeah if you've got the dough of course right very expensive so i think i would always be a big city guy over a small town yeah i just i find you know the small town although there's people who want that space Mm. and that land you know I'm lazy enough to think, boy, that's a lot of maintenance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have yeah, you to know do yourself on that. I know me, uh, and 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 thinking, well, you know, for a lot of people, I can see that they say, well, I, you know, I'd love more space for the kids to play, mm. let them roam around and back too. But more space also means you got to go further to get to mm-hmm. things as well. You know, there's there's a convenience factor to having grocery stores and LCBOs and conveniences around. 5, 10, 15 yep. minutes away. Yep. You know, sometimes you're out in the country, it's you know, a good half hour, 45 minutes to go get something at, like, Canadian Tire. I've also thought it's a, a detriment, and I'm sure there are many people who would disagree with this because they've lived through it and they, they love it, I'm sure. 
But I think uh, it's more of a hindrance to children uh, living in the middle of nowhere uh, when they're when they become teenagers and need to find part time jobs or want to be out there with mm. friends or want to be involved in social activities of any sort. You can't find work. You, you got to be driven everywhere, and and eventually you got to leave mom and dad's place to go find those things, jobs and, and other opportunities, because they're just not in a small town. When your kids are little, sure, it's cute, and they can you feel safe because they can run around your big lot. Yeah. But when they become teenagers, and you know what happens with teenagers when they're bored, they get in trouble. And I saw even living when I was in Windsor, the crime rate in Chatham, that little town in between London and uh, and Windsor. It's very high amongst uh, young people and drug addiction and and underage you know pregnancies yeah. because when idle hands right when you're bored what are you gonna do when you don't have a job what are you gonna do when you're a teenager you're probably getting in trouble yeah I guess, I guess people think the city is more maybe bigger crimes mm. uh, or the more violent crimes mm-hmm. uh, and the thought being that when you're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, there's either less people or everyone knows each other. The right. community's tighter, and so you yeah. won't find those sort of things. But you're probably right in that you know there's 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 opportunities for mischief. Yeah. Uh, in the fact that there's just nothing else to do, and I guess cow tipping's out. That's yeah, can't do that anymore. Well, I guess you can, even during a pandemic. Right. You can touch a cow. Yeah, yeah. You, you can don't touch have to cow. stay six feet from a cow, I don't think. Uh, the cow would rather you did. Yeah, get away, Get away from me. Now, the only negative is, and I and I experienced this recently, yes, I would like to be the big city guy, but some friends of ours had bought a condo right down on King Street, and we went to visit them the summer before pandemic. I think we went and stayed, went down, hung out with them, went out to dinner. Beautiful. It's an older uh, condo, so they got a big balcony. They're only like on the sixth floor. They could barbecue on the balcony, which a lot of these condos now you can't. But man, living in five or six hundred or seven hundred square feet, right? It got a little tight. Yeah. And if you're both retired and you're both at home together, hmm. we have some family friends who have done very well for themselves. Mm. And they have a condo downtown. Of course, it's like a penthouse at right. Hazelton Lane. All right, of course. And uh, and I could see myself. When I visited once, I said, "Well, I could see myself sure. being here." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Here we are, at three thousand square feet above the city, <laughs> overlooking yeah. everything. Meanwhile, the whole food foods in the basement. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, yeah, I you could see you couldn't afford the walk-in closet <laughs> to live in. <laughs> a lot of people had to postpone their wedding last year. Uh, and I guess this has given them extra time to say, hey, wait, this, this is going to cost a lot of money. Uh-huh. According to Google Trends, more people are looking to elope right now than ever before. So even though big weddings might be possible, again, a lot of people are taking the cheaper route. Searches for the word elopement spiked last summer when the pandemic was in full swing, but now it's at an all-time high. I can imagine those in the wedding industry uh, who have been feeling not only the pinch, now mm. feeling, oh, the anticipation of when things can get back uh, also going uh uh-oh i wonder if there are a lot of people who are you know i guess there's two sides to it there's a lot of people who just you know couples who will say boy i don't i can't see spending that much money Mm. you know we're we're together let's just get it over with have a small thing and, and done and then there's probably the flip side uh where they say can't wait until we can get everyone back together mm-hmm. again and this is the opportunity to do it a big huge wedding you know whatever at the end of the day it's you know it's your life and you gotta do whatever you want to do but i i do know of weddings that it really isn't about necessarily the bride and groom that day it's yeah. about the bride and groom's parents yep yeah and and so i i kind of sense the eloping and just taking off and getting married somewhere I think there would be people in your life who would be hurt and offended by that. Definitely so. You know? Yeah.
Yeah, there would be like people like me who again would go, whew. <laughs> Got out, of, that bullet. got out of that one. <laughs> See you when you get back. We'll go to dinner. Um, if you've got enough to lose, say you're going into a marriage and you got some wealth uh, behind you, uh-huh. and, and you think, well, I, maybe I should get he or she to sign a prenup. Tough conversation, I'm sure. The word prenup is, yeah, it's a, it's a bit scary. Uh, but uh, researchers at North Carolina State looked at 586 different discussion uh, treads, uh, threads on Reddit to see what swayed people's opinions about prenups. They went through more than 26,000 comments and put each person in one or two categories. People who thought prenups were good and people who didn't. And they found the best way to convince someone a prenup is a good idea is to use metaphors or compare it to something else. Gotcha. A lot of people compared them to insurance policy, policies. Like one person would say, quote, nobody plans on crashing their car, getting cancer, or having their house burned down, but they still get a car, health, and home insurance. Right. So try to spin it like it's an insurance for the other person. <laughs> Baby, if I cheat on you, yeah. you're walking <laughs> you're away. You're going to want to get out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Others call it a contract instead of a prenup. Right. And several of them compare it to uh, airbags because no one thinks buying a car with airbags jinxes you or makes you more likely to crash. So if you've got enough, I never had that problem. No, no, neither did I. Listen, sweetie, I don't want you taking my CDs, (laughs) my VHS copy of Smokey and the Bandit 2. You leave that alone. She came into the marriage with more than me, that's for sure. We wouldn't have had a first house if it wasn't for her. I hadn't saved anything. (laughs) Shocking. shocking. (laughs) Uh, A woman found out her boyfriend was cheating. So she broke up with him, blocked his number, blocked him on social media, completely done and over with this guy. Now, what he did, I don't know if it's uh, creative, romantic, or just stalking, but he found a way to, uh, to reach out to her. He figured out a way to contact her through Netflix. (laughs) <laughs> See, they have a shared account, and Netflix allows up to five profiles that show up side-by-side side when you launch the app. So he kept changing the names of each profile to write notes to her. Oh. He wrote, I swear I'm innocent. Another one says, I love you. A third says, please talk to me on WhatsApp. It's not clear if she ever called him. Uh, we don't know if they got back together. But if you're trying to get through to somebody... Right. That might be a might be a way. <laughs> you know, breaking up, we used to be a time when breaking up with someone was just basically like, you take your socks, I'll take mine. Yeah. Now we're so interconnected between phones and social media. And <laughs> you imagine that, you break up now. Now he's like, what's she watching? Yeah, she, that's right. <laughs> is she watching rom-coms? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute, serial killers. <laughs> Sleeping with one eye open now. Sorry. I'm still laughing at what you just said off there. What I say as a, as you as a head out on this uh, massive golf weekend for oh, his yeah. birthday. Yeah, you said it's going to be pretty hot on the golf course. I may not drink <laughs> the first round tomorrow because you're playing 36. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, 18 today, 36 tomorrow, 18 on Sunday. I <laughs> have you ever played a round of golf without a drink? Oh, not a chance. I- <laughs> Not, not, a, like, not a chance, I don't think. I, I couldn't remember. I right. Could, unless I went to an Amish golf course. <laughs> not a lot of those. No. They don't, they don't partake. No, I don't, I don't think so. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I, well. If that happens, let me know because 
lightning will strike at some point. The first round's at 7.30 in the morning, so I can't imagine I'll have a drink, at least in the front nine. (laughs) (laughs) I think think the first time that cart comes around, especially if it's it's like nine in the morning. It probably won't come around until 11, though, right? Uh, Likely, likely no. You normally don't serve right away. Yeah. But you made a great suggestion to me, and thank you for that. You you told me to put a couple of Caesars in my bag. Well, I didn't tell you to put them in your bag. I just said, you're going to have a Caesar. Right, and then I said, I'll put <laughs> the them in my bag. second you have an opportunity, and especially because you got Doug Elliott with you. Well, he's the one who said, I, you know, he goes, I never drink on the first, like when we play that early, he goes, I don't start drinking till the lunch break. So we'll see about that. When it's hot. You watch. You watch. I'll ruin Maria's birthday. I'll take a couple of Caesars out there, and I'll get caught with them, and we'll get kicked out. <laughs> nice birthday weekend. Thank you. So, yeah. Yeah, I have uh, I can't remember the last time I played 72. Uh, I, a couple of summers ago, uh, early on, we got out there, and we played a lot. And I think over over a week, we played like 72 holes of golf. I don't know that I've... I've never played 36 in one day. Ever. Really? Ever. No. Yeah. I, I remember uh, when I was about 15 or 16, we did a golf week, or my dad took a week off. Uh, it was in the summer, and uh, and a couple of his buddies, and we all went, and we would play, like, a new course in the, in the morning, right. and then go back to, uh, my uncle was a member, go back to his course in the afternoon and play, you know, play 36 a day. I think we did it, like, Two or three times during the week. Wow! And that and and <laughs> my dad came up with the term after that, like OG. Oh, he's over golfed. Mm-hmm. Like that's and because you stop caring after a while. Oh, yeah. yeah, you get so tired. Your hands are sore. Your legs are sore. You, your back is sore. You you really don't care about the score. Although, I mean, what you're doing this weekend is playing the same amount of golf as the tour mm. is playing this weekend. Mm-hmm. And when you realize the pressure that they're under on every shot. And how they play 72 holes through that is pretty amazing. Yeah. Of course, there's a, like, $20 million paycheck at it the helps. end of it. Yeah. And there's somebody carrying their bag. Oh, that they helps, are wa- too. They are walking they it. They are walking it. Yeah. That bag must be crazy. I always feel bad for the uh, the caddies, especially, like, say, on a weekend like this, wherever they are, if it's really hot. When they're wearing that full, silly, stupid white garb from head to toe, the That's jumpsuit. the Masters only, yeah. Is that the Masters only? Otherwise, they wear, like, a bib. And then, uh, and then, and then, carrying that like, what was that bag weigh in with all the clubs? Some can go up to like seventy pounds wow. if they've got everything loaded in it. But I think they've lightened up in the last few. years. If I was a caddy, all you'd see is the golfer walking up the fairway and me struggling behind him with that <laughs> with that bag. <laughs> Imagine me being a caddy. No. It's funny when you said that. Think of you caddying. Stand there outside, just outside the green, and I'm handing him like a four iron. Here we go. Uh, There was a great show on the Golf Channel years ago. It's kind of like guys trying to make the tour. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, and this one young guy had his dad caddying for him. And and so they were, you know, packing up on a a Friday night because they'd missed the cut. Mm. And you know, pouring rain, they were living in like a tent trailer uh, and taking that from tour stop to tour stop, uh, trying to qualify for tournaments. And, and I just rem- I'll never forget as, you know, the dad in the pouring rain is you know, packing up this tent trailer. He's like, we wouldn't be doing this if he'd make a cut. <laughs> and I think that's what you would be like oh, as yeah. a caddy, I'd oh, imagine. I'd be terrible. I thought caddies, it's a tough gig, too. I mean, you know, you go to a restaurant, you order a nice meal. The waiter is around you for probably, if you add up all the time, like maybe four minutes, you know, between the taking the order, delivering the food. 
and you hand them 20%. You see these poor kids on these golf courses, you know, five hours of hauling around a golf and they get like a two spot. Here you go. Get <laughs> yourself a pack of gum. Here's some advice for you, kid. That's your tip. Uh, and I, well, I, you know, I remember once going, I only had a, a caddy once. We went down to the Dominican for this wedding and we went to this really nice golf course. And I'm very aware and self-conscious of white privilege to begin with if I'm in a situation where it shows. And that certainly showed. And I just I just said to the guy, you don't, you don't have to. I said, you know, I don't. I mean, if you want to walk along and advise me, I said, because I'm a terrible golfer, you know, I, I could use the help in that department. But you, have to be, you don't have to be chasing my golf ball into the woods. And- right. Uh, I, I think, to be honest, a lot of the times, one, it, it does... You know, employ a lot of people down on those islands. Some some of it, I believe, is security. Oh yeah, just to make sure. <laughs> as, uh, I uh, I played in Jamaica a, couple, a few years ago, and you had to. And a lot of these resorts make you take a caddy. Mm. All right, you have to. And you know, you're he's not walking alongside you. He, like you're in a cart. And he's basically hanging on to the back of it. Sometimes they're walking beside the cart. Uh, which is even some, worse. Which is worse. Or they have their own, which yeah. is, you know, better. But, but likely, no, they're, no. they're either hanging on or they're, or they're riding uh, uh, or they're walking behind you. But we got up to, like, like the furthest hole from, the, uh, from the, the pro shop or the clubhouse. And, uh, and as we're walking along or driving along, you know, out of, the, out of the bushes comes this big Rastafarian guy. And I thought, well, here we go. <laughs> this is this is the end of the round. <laughs> I've been married for a week. <laughs> Maybe the end of my life. Uh, yeah, at least the end wallet. of my wallet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, and and right away, the caddy was like, you know, knew who he was, oh, right? Man. And is like, ah, don't worry about it. And the guys. The guy walks out. Yeah, I'm looking for some provies. That's great. He's selling golf balls. That's great. On the side of the course. I'm thinking I'm going to die. Mm. This guy's trying to make a couple of bucks. Mm-hmm. But the caddy at least was there to. You know, hey, if you guys need balls, uh, get them from this guy. If not, you're cool. I find it very offensive, Lucky, that you just think just because you saw a Rastafarian come out of the woods, you were going to die. Right. I'm very offended. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> I, my, my shorts were offended at the moment. I saw, all right, I didn't see. I heard a great story of a, a guy golfing in Jamaica, and he goes into the uh, the bush to find his golf balls. And in the bush is uh, Johnny Cash and his wife. Yeah, same ring. golf course. Oh, is it the same one? Yeah. They have a house right off the bat, or they had a house right off the back Simmon of Simmon Run or Simmon Hill yeah. in Montego Bay. And they're collecting golf balls. Yeah. Well, he needed a couple of dollars. <laughs> That's right. Now, we were going to talk like some kind of meat grilling with Ted Reader, as we normally do. Uh-huh. I mean, he's always got uh, great recipes and ideas, and you can pick all the product up at Helinda's Meats. But then we realized today is donut day. And if you're going to talk donuts, there's only one man to talk donuts with. And since Tim Horton is dead. <laughs> I love being number two. <laughs> since we can't talk to Tim Horton, we thought, well, Teddy Reader will do. Right. Hey, good morning, Ted. Ah, good morning, Faye. Good morning, Lucky. <laughs> Teddy, uh, good morning and happy National Donut Day. Oh, National Donut Day. There's a face plant into a box of deliciousness. <laughs> I have shared... Get me a dozen! Get me a dozen! <laughs> I have shared this story many times. When my boys uh, first met Ted, uh, we had a box of donuts. We had some event, and we had a box of donuts. And the boys, of course, they were young, so they're going right for the donuts. And Ted sees them eating the donuts, and he snatches the donuts away from them. And he says, you don't know how to eat a donut. And he takes four donuts or two donuts, cuts them into four pieces, and takes the tops from both, throws away the bottoms, 
and then makes a double top donut. <laughs> My boys to this day, and they're growing men now, still remember that. Did I put a bacon and egg in between that, too? That's really the best. You take a Boston cream, cut the top off just below, or cut the top off just below where the cream filling would be, and do it on another one and put the top together. you got a happy, happy donut. Wow. Yeah. Now, yeah. diabetic comas right there. I understand you have planked donuts. I've, I've planked donuts before. Uh, I've planked Twinkies before as well, which is kind of similar to a donut, only it's a weird shape. It's not right. a it's long, but uh, you can plank donuts. You know, the, the craze of using a donut as the bun for a burger is still going on out there. Uh, the Krona was was developed around the the croissant and and being uh, turned from being a croissant into a round bun. And so you can do a lot of different things. The, one of my favorite things to do is make the chocolate donut burger. All right? Wow, okay. So you get, you get the, the chocolate glazed donut, just as the chocolate cake dough with, uh, with the sugar glaze on it. You break it up. You mix it into a pound of ground meat. And it becomes your binder. Wow. You put it all together. Okay. All right. All right. And you use that in there. You don't want to use one that's got the, the thick icing on it. You hmm. want one with a little bit of icing. You can also use just a plain sour cream donut uh, to bind it together. And then you mix it together and form your burger and then grill it and serve it between your chocolate donut. <laughs> I've never heard of a sour cream donut. Yeah, yeah, they're good. It's, just, they? it's it's just more of a. It's just like a plain donut. It's not as dry though okay. as the old fashioned, and that's kind of the, the one donut that if if I had to stare clear of a donut, it mm. would be the old fashioned. But I'm sure if Teddy's making them, he's probably drizzling some sort of goodness on top of that. Well, you should have some fun with your food, and I mean, uh, you want to make a quick strawberry shortcake, you can use a donut mm. instead of the shortcake. Right? You can have a lot of fun with donuts. I love donuts. I'm like I'm like Homer Simpson drooling on donuts. <laughs> now, do you, have, do you have an all-time favorite donut, Ted? I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of the Boston cream, mm-hmm. and uh, I do like a, a raspberry-filled donut, a jelly donut. Okay. And I like a chocolate, plain old chocolate donut. That's, those are my favorites. Um, you know, I try not to eat too many of those. They're not good for me. But I do, you know... I think you were saying earlier this morning, Lucky, if you were to walk by a box of donuts, there's no way you could make it past the box without stopping in and getting one. Yeah. And I'm the same way. And definitely with Timbits, too. And speaking of which, I know there there were, at one point, select locations that had a Boston cream Timbit, mm-hmm. like a small oh one. Oh, my and God. I know. And I think Barry had one at one point, but I'm, I'm not sure if they still have any. But there were select ones that had a Boston cream Timbit, and I'd love to try that again. Oh my God! That's 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 like oh, I think I'm. I'm you might have to word. You, you got to pull over. You're getting dizzy. What uh, kind of crazy talk are you talking about today? Boston cream filled donuts, little Timbits. Oh my God, Timmy's, you're killing me, man. Right. You're killing me. It's all too much. And we learned this morning too, Teddy, that uh, about 91 percent of people say they either like or love donuts, but there's one percent of people who say they hate donuts. Ted. What would you say to a person who told you they hated donuts? They're not real people. They must be aliens. (laughs) They can't be. 
You can't hate the donut. No. I mean, come on. Mm-hmm. It's like a handheld dessert that's easy and fun, and you can have it for breakfast, lunch, dinner, late-night snack, hangovers. They go great. They make a good garnish for a Caesar with a hangover in the morning. So, you know, you can't hate the donut. No, you are spot on, Teddy. If people want to talk grilling donuts or anything else, how do they get a hold of you, pal? Oh, you'll find me in the social media world, at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.